Rumcasters! We are back with another installment of the Rumcast for you. I am John Gulla, and with me is Will Hookinga, and together we form the dynamic duo that brings you rum discussion with the people who love and shape it. And Will, I have to say, it's it's good to be back as well after uh, missing the intro of our, our last episode. Yeah. yeah. You know how much w- weight I was carrying on that intro? <laughs> You, you know, your, your back must hurt, Will, because you, you <laughs> carried that whole thing. And uh, I appreciate it very much. Um, I thought about just trying to do an impression of you and having a conversation <laughs> with myself. But well, I appreciate it because we were having roof work done and there was incessant banging and there was just no way that we were going to make that work out. And uh, so thank you so much for doing that. It was a, a very annoying but necessary improvement that needed to be made. But I was going to tell you, speaking of annoying, I had a story for you that okay. is rum related. So I wanted to share this with you and with listeners a little bit to see. I was listening to something on the radio on the way home uh, from work and they were doing this segment. They were kind of playing off the whole thing of like, oh, what's something about this? It was actually fantasy football related and something they don't like about it, right? Uh And I was like, you know what? We ought to do that with something I don't like about rum and I have the perfect thing. All right. So what I wanted to talk about was this experience that I had at a very fancy hotel a few months ago. A very fancy hotel. Yes. What was was the occasion? It was Father's Day, actually. Nice. I think. And uh, yeah, it was around Father's Day and we got to go to this hotel. It was in a little bit north of where we are, not too far removed and a beautiful grounds and really great massage parlor had like this cool pool with it Mm -hmm. uh really awesome pool and so the kids and i were playing in there and it came with a free drink oh nice well a free mixed drink and so i'm like you know what we're gonna use this it was part of the package so here i go over to the pool bar right which is where their bar was on the property and i mean this is a beautiful hotel will this is like you have to swim up to the bar was it one of those (laughs) you could i think you could have but i (laughs) I didn't do that. But anyway, here, here was here was the point is this is a beautiful place. It's a, like a grand hotel, mm. huge. Mm-hmm. And I go to the bar to get this drink. And what do they have behind the bar for rum choices? Captain Morgan? I won't even say, but it was not good. <laughs> okay. Uh, to I think viewer, viewer, uh, listeners can conjure their own mental images for what that selection might be. <laughs> Exactly. It was it was pretty bad, like one or two at most, I think two okay. rum selections, and both were not what I would really want to, mm-hmm. to have there. And so I just kept thinking, can we please do away with the horrible pool bar garbage? Uh, and it doesn't even have to be old, old rum. I'm sure there was other bad spirits there as well. Of you know, we we've talked before about the, like the frozen pool drinks and stuff, and everybody mm-hmm. knows those are garbage, but why can't we have in a in a beautiful amazing five-star hotel experience a bar with some decent options well you know i I think when you started talking about fancy hotel bars my i immediately was like i've had really good experiences at those and really bad experiences at those so i think it really just depends on the hotel and how kind of dedicated they are to having a legit bar program Mm. but yeah i would say Anytime there is a pool involved, it's not universally bad, you know. You right. get, I'm sure there are some bars out there, and also there, like there are some, there are some bartenders who make amazing frozen drinks. Like you can take the whole frozen drink thing and do a really great version of it that's right. fun and especially great at a pool. But like you said, I think the most common experience to encounter is a negative one. But yeah, hotel bars. I remember one of the most disappointing bar experiences I've had in recent years, and this was years ago, but there's this really nice 
hotel in downtown Nashville that's that's kind of been one of the hotels for a long time. It's really okay. old. It's called the Hermitage Hotel. Mm. And they have this bar called the Oak Bar. And you have to go downstairs to get to it and everything. And I remember my, my wife and I, when I, we were like, hey, we should, I've always heard about this Oak Bar. We should go check it out. And it was that exact, like, we walked in and it looked like it was, I don't, I don't know, everything felt like straight out of the late 1990s or something it was it, it was sad. just a, a it was yeah. a bad experience so yeah you know i would say if you swam up to that bar or walked up to that <laughs> bar and you saw the selection at that point it becomes your responsibility okay because well, you kind of know what you're in for at that point so what yeah. you need to do is you need to order something super simple super basic maybe something and not that those can't be screwed up too but maybe you know just go for a negroni or something like that that's just like equal parts of three basic ingredients you know yeah yeah don't try to stray too far that's kind of my my mo there or you know to order a specific bottle plus tonic or something like that so you know i know i can at least kind of somewhat control the experience but you had some red flags there and but it was free so it was free i don't know how much you should be complaining in the first place about this this free drink you had at your spa experience well, make no mistake, we paid for it as part of the package, right? They okay, threw that in true. there yeah, trying to get over true. there. But 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 yeah, I mean it was it was pretty sad. At that point I felt compelled to get the free drink, of course, quote unquote free. Of course, yeah. But but uh, yeah, it was it was uh in every sense terrible. And I just kept thinking, man, why is this the experience that happens fifty percent of the time, to your point of it's either really good or really bad. So I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I thought it was interesting because it kind of relates to travel a little bit. It does. And I know we wanted to talk about travel today. So I know you had the a listener letter that that they wrote in about an experience with a travel. letter. It came delivered via <laughs> U.S. mail. Um, it didn't really. So we, speaking of travel. Car- carrier pigeon. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we got a message via Instagram, which you were actually, you know, the person on the receiving end of this. You know, you, you yes. are Mr. We always at the end of the episodes, you are Mr. Social Media. You are the one who who curates all of the the messages and stuff, and then you share them with me, which I really appreciate. So, yeah. But we got this lovely message. It was a series of messages on Instagram from Matt B, who was telling us about. Actually, this may be the first ever Rumcast inspired vacation, which was like Ooh. the coolest thing in the world when when I saw this. But. Matt and his wife visited a distillery that is run by people we've interviewed on this show before, mm-hmm. and it was really cool. So we thought we would share it with people because, like, reading this, I think if you are someone who is considering traveling, visiting rum distilleries at some point, this has information you need to know. So Matt said, uh, my wife and I were planning a tropical vacation recently, and after listening to your interviews with Margaret Montplaisy and Denny Duplaisy, we chose to visit St. Lucia last week, and it was fantastic. Amazing. I'm not sure if you've visited St. Lucia Distillers yet, but it's a great distillery to see as a tourist. The tour guide brought us in, in to see the stills and fermentation tanks and around the grounds. It was awesome. I asked the guide if I could say hi to Denny or Margaret. And she said, of course. That was I was surprised that that was the response. That's, <laughs> that's so cool. Um, Margaret was on vacation, but Denny stopped by the tasting room in his lab coat, and we had a great conversation. He is such a down-to-earth and friendly guy. He had a lot of work to do, and I told him to please not let me take him away from his duties, but he wanted to just keep chatting about rum. It was so cool. Uh, that's awesome. He said 95% of the time he's alone in the lab, uh, and doesn't get to come outside and mingle with visitors, but he likes doing it. And then there's a, a, a picture of Matt with Denny 
and uh, some some of the the rum aging. And uh, he says this was one of the best vacations we've ever taken, and was inspired by the rum cast. Cheers to you. So first of all, that was really cool. Second yeah. of all, I love that the vision I had in my mind of Denny at work as the master blender at St. Lucia Distillers in a lab coat, yep. perfectly aligned with reality, that he came out wearing the lab coat. <laughs> He's wearing the lab coat in this picture. Uh, so great. And and also, there was, there was another kind of St. Lucia travel-related note tagged onto the end of the message from Matt about the local spiced rum culture, which we talked about with Margaret and Denny yeah. on the show, and I thought was pretty interesting. So he said, one thing I learned on St. Lucia is how important spiced rum is to the locals, and I tried it in little rum bars everywhere I could. Made with the Dinros 80% and all the local Ooh. spices and woods, it was incredible. I usually avoid the commercially made spiced rums at home, but this kind of homemade product, I think you'll both agree, is a different story. It's cultural and local, and it is not Sailor Jerry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that that was really cool. And, you know, I, that, that would be another solution, you know, if, if maybe more hotels just started having their, their own spiced rum blends to enjoy. That could be fun. That's, you know, a tradition in St. Lucia that, that I think yeah. I know I would enjoy experiencing. So... But, it's kind of yeah. like your your point about the the hotel uh, bars is that they're not necessarily bad by nature. The same thing with a spiced rum does is not bad by nature. It's sure, it's what you the, make of it, right? And it, and it's it's this sad replacement for what it used to be in some cases that we know and mm-hmm. we experience sometimes that gives it some of that reputation that is you know unfortunate because there can be really great experiences and actually i I had a really great spiced rum uh made in florida recently as well um yeah and so they're they're out there they they exist and it's it may take a little bit more effort for us to to dig into it to know and find those good ones when we're here in in the united states but it's great also like matt going out and experiencing the culture and and accepting and saying, you know what? This is a part of the culture maybe he wasn't expecting, but partook in it and actually found it really incredible. Yeah, it's it's very traditional in St. Lucia and and many other places throughout the Caribbean, um, and probably probably the world as well. But That's partly why we travel, right? Yeah. And broaden our experiences. Yeah. That like getting this message kind of inspired us to have an idea to just do an episode about travel. I mean, we we went through a period of time where travel wasn't an option. So everyone's Mm -hmm. been kind of itching to travel. And we thought it'd be fun to just be like, let's each make a list of the places we most want to the rum related destinations we'd most like to travel to at some point. So I I don't think either of us are the most well-traveled when it comes to rum destinations. I feel like I have a lot of catching up to do in that department. And so I, I, it really enjoyed making this list and tried to have a little fun with it. So we Mm -hmm. each picked three destinations and uh, are going to talk through them and, and why these are sort of at the top of, our list. And, and when I say the top of my list, I, I'm not saying I will do these in order necessarily. Like, th- right. I probably won't be able to get to these right away. There are other places that'll be easier to get to, but these are just three that are each different in their own way and that I think would be really unique experiences related to rum. So I'm excited to talk through them and hear what yours are as well. Yeah, same same here, and I think it'll be great. I, I it's a rum bucket list in a way, right? Rum it's bucket a, list. Yeah, we're we're these are places we we have thought of and think, hey, these are going to be places we want to visit. 
and experience the culture of rum in those places. Not just the rum itself, not only maybe the distilleries that, that are present there, of course, all of that is cool, but also, like like you were saying, the, the culture of that place and how yeah. it is tied to rum. That's kind of where I was going with it. Why don't we take a, a short break here and then we'll get back with our top three picks? Let's do it. So we are back and ready to talk through our three independently selected rum destinations. So, John, hit me with your first one. I am, I'm, I'm really anxious to hear it. All right. So before I get to my first one here, I, I do want to declare a Give kind a preface? of preface. Yes. I love it's a, a preface. preface, a preamble, if you will. Okay. Um, so the idea here was I thought I thought this through and I was like, you know, there's some really obvious destinations at least obvious to me Mm -hmm. that i would feel remiss if we hadn't included them as like legit things that as you mentioned i haven't had a chance to to do much rum travel and at some point i have to go to these places Mm -hmm. and so i don't want to make it feel like these are not being considered at the same time my thought process was i think it would kind of be a little boring if we just talked about the ones that everybody knows right so you didn't want to just play the hits with your exactly okay right and, and that's not to belittle them in any way, shape, or form. In fact, they're the hits because of a lot of reasons, right? Right. They're, they're popular for, for very, very good reasons. Sure. I'll just tell you the three that I thought of that okay. were what I would call the obvious or the big three. Okay. The first one is Barbados. Mm-hmm. And of course, with Maggie being there now and that they have a new Barbados rum experience that they're debuting, it looks freaking amazing. Yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. So also, clearly, everything seems pretty close together there. Right? I know. Yeah. It, it, it does seem really, really cool. And that is a must-do at some point for me. But I think that's probably everybody who's listening to this podcast knows about that and is going to do that if they haven't done that already. And that's going so, to get you Foursquare, Mount Gay, St. Nicholas Abbey. And I don't think they're doing tours at West Indies yet, but maybe they will in the future. Uh, right. But I mean, those are those are the big four. So... Those would be the options whenever you do. A big four, they would be exactly. So you know that's going to happen. The other two that I had are Jamaica. So you think travel and you think rum. I think Barbados and Jamaica are sure super present there for many many reasons. And there's so many amazing distilleries that I would love to travel. Jamaica, they're a little bit more separated. Yeah. um, is my I actually kind of map like when I was trying to decide between some of this stuff, I sort of yeah. mapped distillery ah. distance on some of these countries. It's cool. And yeah, Barbados, like I think Mount Gay and Foursquare came up as being like 30 minutes apart. And I think St. Nicholas Abbey was maybe like an hour away. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jamaica, yeah, it's a little bit, obviously it's a bigger country, but it's, it's going to take a little bit more driving to, to if you want right. to do every distillery. So. Yeah, it's interesting right. that you thought in terms of countries because because I did my list huh. a little bit differently. So okay, but yeah, well, but what's your what's your third one? Please continue. The, the third obvious one, and I hope I'm not spoiling any of yours actually, because as, as we mentioned, we don't know each other's. But my third one that I was like a must is going to have to happen is Martinique. You know, Barbados, Jamaica, and Martinique are like the requisite three that I really think there's there's no way of escaping those if you're thinking rum travel. Um, interesting that that you mentioned Martinique because. 
to me, I could see that one as being a little bit of an afterthought just for huh. for some people, just because rum agricole is can often be in a little bit of an afterthought. Like if you are yeah. very very into rum, then it's usually not as much of an afterthought. But I, I just right. think you know, depending where you are, kind of in exploring the category, mm-hmm. it may not be the first thing that comes to mind. And uh, yeah, it, it might it might actually be on my list. So. Son of a bitch. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's okay, I, though. I, I'm going to stop talking about it there, and I'm going to move into my first pick so that you okay. can have the, the spotlight with that one. But my first pick was kind of related in a way, okay. And or or maybe even by saying that, I'm going to get hate mail. But my my first pick is Guadalupe. Ah, yeah, I th- I thought about that as well when I was you know looking around Martinique and everything, but because they have some amazing rum agricole producers there as well. Yes. So similar in some ways to the the, the French history and, and and the agricole rums, it's still a, I would say it's still a well known place for rum, mm-hmm. but maybe not quite as obvious as some of the others, and certainly not as high profile I would say as Martinique. Yeah. But where rum is still a huge part of their culture and those traditions, and and one thing that I I picked it for this reason really is that I love that they have both the molasses and the cane juice based rum mm, culture there, right, uh, right, and that they're both present in different distilleries. I think there's five or six rum distilleries on this really small island. I didn't do the level of detail of seeing how far away the <laughs> distilleries of our that you did, but I still know it's a fairly small island, uh, and it's as beautiful as any other one in the Caribbean from from the photos um so that that just that pulls my interest and you know let's not forget that part of guadalupe is also the nearby island of marie gallant so i would kind of consider that to be a joined in this trip that i would take where it would be part of the guadalupe and marie gallant trip there and see what the rums are being made there there's there's something like i, I, I think, think there, three I, I, yeah i think there's three yeah. more distilleries on marie gallant i know um bellevue is there the the others are escaping me but labat and there's one other yeah so just the amount amount of distilleries in a in a small amount there uh, of an island that may be a little bit more off the beaten path than some of the other ones i feel like would be an amazing experience for me and pound for pound i think it would be hard to beat in that area it just feels like one of the caribbean's best kept secrets to me for some reason and that appeals to me in the exploration kind of mode so that's my first one so let's let's talk about uh your your first destination yeah that dovetails nicely with mine which was martinique and okay. again, it's interesting because I, I, again, when you were kind of mentioning the the big three or whatever, you thought of Barbados, Jamaica, Martinique, and yeah. I think Barbados and Jamaica are, are the two destinations to me that, that come to mind immediately. And I think maybe why Martinique doesn't as much is because I think those are also, and I'm speaking from an American perspective, but I know lots of people who have, who are not interested in rum at all, who have visited both of those places. And I don't think I've ever met anyone who isn't interested in rum who has been to Martinique. Um, I'm not saying people don't do that. I'm just saying like, I, 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 I've never met anyone personally in my life, you know, before I got interested in rum who had traveled Mm -hmm. to Martinique. So, but yeah, Martinique. So why I would really love to go there is, first of all, anytime I talk to rum people who are more well-traveled than me and Martinique <laughs> comes up, it's almost like their eyes like light up, uh, like they're going uh, yeah. to a reverie of some sort. Um, I've had that experience multiple times with people and not even necessarily people who people who might not necessarily say rum, agricole rums are their favorites. But I think there's... There's, there's something to me about being able to see 
virtually every step of the process of making mm-hmm. rum. So being able to see the cane field, see the sugar cane being crushed, and and all the steps of the process is is there's something special about that. And I think being able yeah. to go to the place and see that at so many different distilleries because you've got um, Simone Distillery, which is where Clement and HSC are distilled, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, St. James, GM. Lamani, yep. which is yep. uh, Trois uh, Rivieres, uh, another brand. I can't remember the other brand there. Uh, Nissan, La Favorite, De Paz. So, like, there's all of these. There's tons. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of distilleries. And I even I pulled up a map and, like, you know, just <laughs> made like a, a route of them. And all yeah. those places I just listed, like, if you just wanted to, you know, drive from one to the other, it's like three and a half hours of total driving which isn't that bad to go to that many distilleries so that's part of it i think the other part for me is you know i i don't i don't know any french i in general i know less about rum agricole and the history Mm. of the places where it's made than Mm -hmm. i do about other parts of the caribbean not that i'm you know a a scholar of history when it comes to like (laughs) the rest of the caribbean but it's still it feels like a bigger blind spot for me in the world of rum and so i think being able to dive in yeah. to those kind of unfamiliar surroundings and really just see all these places up close and in person and experience that style of rum in the place where it was created essentially would be um, really amazing i also um i've read that you can buy boxed rum there similar to like boxed wine so what? <laughs> yeah huh. um so that's an experience i'd like to have as well Wow, if it's, I, if it's I, in Martinique, I'm assuming it, it'd probably be in Guadeloupe as well. So yeah, yeah, you could get uh, in on that. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, uh, my preconceived notions of boxed wine are, are are weird. I guess I don't know. It feels Stop weird. Stop being to, such an elitist, man. Come I, on. I guess I am. Remember, packaging matters to me. Uh, yeah, you know, you you, you got to make it look nice. You, you need to let loose and live a little. Well, maybe the box would be nice. I don't know. It could be a nice <laughs> box for all I know. Um, you better make it a nice box. Anyway, so it was on my list of what I considered to be, I don't want to use the word obvious anymore. I, I kind of want to say like the, the heavy hitters I for a reason. Yeah. 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 For and, a reason. And I, I, I more so, I take a little bit different perspective where I'm not sure it would be at the top of everyone's list. Um, right. Among, among the first destinations. So um, that's definitely on mine. I absolutely want to do that at some point. But hit, yeah. me, hit me with your second one. What's next? All right. So this is a fun one. I took an approach of, you know, I could have found probably three just in the Caribbean alone yeah. easily, mm-hmm. right? But I wanted to approach this in a different way of saying, like, h- how diverse can we be here with things that I find still really relevant and interesting to travel destinations that are very rum-centric, I mm-hmm. guess you would say. So that's what I did. And I, I went way over to the Indian Ocean. Will. Oh, wow. Okay. So we're in the Indian Ocean here and nestled off I think of I know the coast of Africa. Oh, really nestled off the coast of Madagascar, really, I think, mm-hmm. closer to there, are these two little islands yes. uh, that are fairly close to one another, and those are Mauritius and Reunion. So, and so you're, wait, because they're so close, you're, you're just bringing these into one selection? I guess <laughs> if, you're, if you are traveling that far and you don't go to both places, it's kind of like, what are you doing? So That was my rationale, exactly. <laughs> I was like, look, if I'm going to go that far, exactly what you just said, I'm, I'm visiting both. Okay. Uh, so, first of all, I'll say this. The Savannah High Ester Reunion Rum yes. that I, I have in my cabinet is still to this day one of the craziest experiences in rum I've ever had. That's a mind-blowing rum. I will never forget it. Yeah. So, it sticks out to me as a place that I'm just like, 
I have to go there mm-hmm. and I have to see what in the hell is going on over there yeah. that they were able to make something that that is so fascinating on the palette and different and still fun to me. It's a fun rum. I don't know that I'd ever present it as a rum that I think is one of the best for drinkability or in that way. But at the same time, it's it's so unique in its palette and what it does, it's so fun that I, I invariably will pull it out for people that are uh, not done, newbies to rum, but yeah. I've done the same thing. It's just one of those, you have to try this rums yes, because yeah. most people that you would say that to, yeah. they would, they're in, inevitably going to say, I've never had anything like this before. Exactly. So now temper that against what Mauritius is doing mm-hmm. with the amazing rum that is coming out of there and the quality of the rums in New Grove and Equiano and the blend of Equiano, the Mauritius rum. Those two things kind of has me saying, you know what? I want more out of this. Um, there's, uh, You've also got Mauritius- the, the cane juice and the molasses options in this ah, so well. So. <laughs> you, you took it from me. It was my next sentence. I was going to say the same thing. But there's so many distilleries there on those small uh, islands and you've got that diversity as well. And I'm fascinated by diversity of methods which within such a small geographic area. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, so it, there's something to that idea of like, look, I get that there's diverse methods between different islands, you know, that um, Martinique and, and Barbados are very different, right? Because they're, they're, they're isolated islands and they have different cultures and all that. And I'm sure Mauritius and Reunion also have different cultures to an extent as well. But on this tiny island of Mauritius, you also have these different methods of producing rum. And I think that that's just an interesting thing that I want want to know more about so i i thought you know that's that's a place I've, i really want to go and i really want to see i'll also give a small shout out here to another nearby place that is making rum well i i don't know it's probably not super nearby it's relatively it's like, compared to where we are now I- exactly it's it's uh in the seashells or seychelles how seychelles <laughs> the seychelles yeah, yeah. uh-huh and i've heard it seashells before but that could just be my area or somebody who didn't know how to say it so i was just copying but the seychelles islands or archipelago you might say i'm intrigued by what takamaka is doing there and it seems like such a beautiful place to enjoy some great rum so yeah i i was not familiar with them until their velier releases came out which i still have not had the the chance to to get yet but that was another one of those experiences of of finding out like Mm. I had never heard of there being rum in the Seychelles. I did not know that that was a thing, but it makes sense. So just 115, I think, is what it was. Uh, tiny little islands that are a speck on the map producing great rum is something of interest to me. And like I said, it's it's not really close to Mauritius and Reunion, nor is it probably close in culture or anything that way. But uh, relative, like you said, I think you put it right, relative to where we are and where those are, I would love to explore the Indian Ocean Islands there. And This and is becoming quite the expensive trip for you, my friend. <laughs> money is no... Uh, <laughs> no no money, consequence. Money was of no object in this exercise for you. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, exactly. So, all right. With that in mind, I- I'm curious to know if money was an object for you or if you I, thought about that in your list. I did think of it in terms of just like, places i might realistically go to in the next Mm -hmm. five years or so and i'm not saying that i'm not saying something like fiji is out of the question in my lifetime but you know maybe not in the next five years i think there's some there's some other rum destinations because of their proximity i would prioritize before you know i made the trek out there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and actually my second choice so it's interesting because what i tried to do with this i wanted to pick one country I wanted to pick one distillery 
and then I wanted to pick one non-distillery rum place. And gotcha. so for my distillery, what I did was I went to an obvious travel destination, which is Jamaica, like you listed for okay. yours. But okay. I asked myself, if I could only visit one distillery in Jamaica, which one would I visit? Which I don't think is the easiest mm-hmm. question to answer for most rum drinkers. Right. You know, you've got some... Especially with the point earlier we were saying of if you do have limited funds and you're not able to travel the entire island, you're going right. to have to make choices. Right. So, Yeah. So, while Jamaica is an obvious destination, I wanted to force myself to choose which distillery. Obviously, I wanted to visit them all. And when we're talking about... When we're talking about... (laughs) Yeah, glutton for punishment. Um, But when we're talking about Jamaica, you know, it's Hampton, it's Worthy Park, it's Appleton, it's Long Pond, Clarendon, all these great places that we'd all love to visit. Um, But if I had to pick one, Mm -hmm. I am starting with Hampton Estate. Uh-huh. And part of the reason why is all of these places that I just mentioned are going to have history that goes back a long ways. Yeah. Um, but you'll also have examples like like Worthy Park is a good one where a lot of what they do now is is different or modernized in some ways. So, you know, right. Worthy Park wasn't an active distillery for a good period of time until right. the kind of the recent era. And that's I'm not you know saying that they came in and did away with all of the traditions of the past and like you know mm-hmm. don't make rum the same way that they used to at all. Um, all I'm saying, and I'm at, at, by the same token, I'm not saying that nothing has changed at Hampton and everything <laughs> you know they do is exactly the way they did it 200 years ago. I'm sure there are elements of preserving tradition and modernizing at right. you know both places to different degrees. But from what I've read and what I've heard from other people, Hampton is the one where you can get kind of the biggest blast from the past in terms of traditional methods and, you know, many things being the same that they've been for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I want to be able to 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 walk along those. Uh, I actually, there was a recent live stream um, that I helped produce with, with Worspa where, mm-hmm. um, you know, Matt Petrick talked to a few people from Hampton and they, you know, talked us through the whole process and talked us through the room with all of the fermentation vats that are made out of cedar wood. And I, they, they said there are 85 of these vats and many of them are very old and they're all in this room where, you know, you can kind of see, I think when Christelle came on the podcast, she was talking about like, she she walked in with limited rum experience when uh, her family first acquired the distillery. And she was like, you know, why has no one cleaned anything here? Right. Um, Cobwebs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And part <laughs> of that is sort of preserving uh, that because everything at Hampton is they do 100%, you know, natural wild fermentation they're they're mm-hmm. not bringing in commercial yeast or adding yeast or anything it's it's all that buildup of organic material in that area Over and time. so yeah you know they have the the there's a muck pit underneath the the walkway where you're walking in between these vats and uh, that's where they kind of take all that organic matter that's been sitting <laughs> sitting in what they call muck graves, you know, for yeah. years. And then they take that and they put it in the pit. And that's, you know, they add it to when some of those fermentations have finished fermenting, they add in that muck and that kind of supercharges it. And that's, you know, where they get some of those higher ester marks and stuff. So I just want to be able to walk in this room with all of this like living history. And uh, to me, it's just one of those kind of legendary locations. And uh, yeah, I want to be able to 
walk in that room and take it in and see what it's like. And I'd love to visit all of the Jamaican distilleries. They're all on my list. Heck yeah. And yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we've had, we've had multiple people from Worthy Park on the podcast. So definitely getting out there someday. But if I had to pick one of my uh, beloved Jamaican distilleries, Hampton is, is uh, the, the one I would most like to get to first. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I get that. And it, it's funny. I, I would almost make a different decision than you there if I had the same idea, which I thought you might. I, I think I would go with Worthy Park. I thought you might. Really? Yeah. Not only because I think I think you're Team Hampton and I'm, on, I'm Team Worthy Park at this point. Not that we don't both don't love both because we do. But I, there's something alluring about Worthy Park. And to, you mentioned it, which is the way that they had to kind of come Come in and, and pick up the pieces is a little strong, but uh, figure out what the history was there, remake the history. That's an interesting thing to me just as well Absolutely. as... yeah. Yeah. So, so I think if I only had one, I would probably do Worthy Park. Also, I've seen the pictures. It's freaking amazing. Oh, yeah. Looking in the valley there. Stunning. Um, yeah. Yeah. But if I had two, it would be Hampton and Worthy Park. So yeah. I think we're, we're not that far. We, we uh, can agree on that for sure. All right. So moving on. Hit me with your number three. So my number three, and and if it wasn't apparent by now, I did countries essentially, and, and that was kind of how I was approaching it. And my number three, you mentioned it in passing. Oh, I did. Yes, M- money is again no object for me, <laughs> and uh, we're going to Fiji. Oh my god, well, yeah, you really spanned the globe with this. <laughs> we're going so to the you're Pacific. Just, you're gonna? Are, are you gonna go? Uh, are you going to start in Fiji with this? Or are you going to start with uh, the Caribbean and Guadalupe and then work your way over to the Indian Ocean and then to Fiji? Which yes. way around the globe are you going to take? <laughs> the answer is whichever uh, I, way, I don't care. I just want to get to all three <laughs> okay. of these at some point. So I picked Fiji for, for a couple of reasons. But I'll also say, admittedly, I, I know the least about it okay. as a whole. So what I know is they make terrific rum. And, and when you say they, I think you're basically talking about one place. Because it's only one distillery. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for, for, for mentioning that. For now. Uh, so it's just South Pacific distillers in La Toca, right? I don't know if I'm saying that right. but And, and that's them. It's a smaller island as well. So yeah, there's not a whole bustle of activity and rum culture there in the, in the same way that the other places we talked about so far. Mm. So I was reading an article about it recently and them talking about how just in the last 30 or 40 years has rum become a thing for Fiji and how much it has taken over in terms of what they do there now and and how present it is. But it's a fairly recent thing. So within our, you know, it's as old as I am really or, or, or so and that's it. Um, Which is interesting given that I would assume sugarcane has been there for quite a while. Right, um, right. So yeah, I'd be that, interested to learn more about the, the history Exactly. There. That would be part of the whole story of discovery. So the reason I picked this one is, A, it's, it's you know, for us, again, relative to us, it's super exotic and way out there. And I know the least about it. I just know that I love the rum. Every Fiji I've tried so far, which is, you know, admittedly only, I think, three different Fijis that I've tried. I've, I've enjoyed every one of them. And I want to find out more about the history of the island i want to find out what caused the rum revival here or not revival but you know industry to start and uh how did that whole thing happen and so i have no more you know rationale than that of just i can imagine myself sitting in the south pacific on an island and drinking amazing rum and just enjoying life man 
Well, so, I think you've you've raised some questions that we may have to get answered before your trip there. We may have to just see <laughs> about getting someone from South Pacific Distilleries to, to come on the podcast so we can yes. get some of the, the answers to these questions, because I don't know if I can wait to travel to Fiji <laughs> before I find them out, but... Yeah, that's, we'd have to work with our schedules. Well, you know, that's going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I think, you know, just in there's a huge amount of variance just in the rums that I've tasted from that distillery. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's another really cool thing, you know, getting to see how how they arrive at the, the range of distillates they have there would be fun for sure. I had considered as an alternative to this one, Guyana, with the idea of the history being there, even though it's one really single distillery in that area. And so I found a a commonality there of like, where is this a single distillery that's way old or is a single distillery that's fairly new? And there was just something that pulled me to Fiji. And if I were able to have my cake and eat it too, why not stop in Australia while we're there? Well, so. I was, I mean, yeah, you should do that. I was also going to say, why not stop in Hawaii uh, and visit some of, of the, the new distilleries out there? But yeah, so where we're adding all these, you're, you're going to end up just going on a year long uh, voyage of discovery uh, to now all these different places. that sounds like a goal, <laughs> yeah. if I ever heard one. A year, you know, at minimum, let's do it. Uh-huh. We'll make a sailboat and we'll we'll do it ourselves, like uh, Ed, right? Didn't Ed yeah. do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe you can maybe you can get some sailing tips from Ed Hamilton. Exactly. I don't know if you if you want to make your first sailing adventure crossing the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> that might be a little intense for you. You might need to work your way up to that. Yeah, they might need some practice. You're right. I'll just start with going out to Puerto Rico. There you go. From here. All right. So, Will, what is your your number three? All right. So, I'll close this out. Like I said, I wanted to pick one non-distillery, one kind of like a, a country or a city or a location that you don't even okay. really associate with rum necessarily. Oh, okay. Uh, and when I started thinking along those parameters, uh, there was one place that kind of shot to the top of my list pretty quickly. And it's it starts with... I have a little bit of a selfish reason for wanting to go here as well, but that's, okay. I mean, all of these are selfish reasons really, but <laughs> uh, this one, I mean, is less rum related, but if you've ever looked at my last name and wondered where the hell it came from, uh, it's uh, actually Dutch. So my dad's entire gotcha. side of the family is of Dutch ancestry. Uh, if I'm remembering my family history correctly, both of my dad's grandparents immigrated from the Netherlands and, um, I still have family that lives in the Dutch enclave of Holland, Michigan, but I have never actually been to the Netherlands before. Mm-hmm. Um, so this would be an excuse to explore my roots, but in another sense, it would be a chance to visit a unique rum destination and one that to this day plays a massive role in the global rum industry. Mm-hmm. You probably know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about by now. It's ENA Shear. So our, our friends at ENA Shear who came on the, the podcast maybe last year sometime. And if you're unfamiliar with ENA Shear, uh, they are rum blenders. So they buy very large quantities of rum from all over the world, including every last one of the destinations that we just listed (laughs) off. So it's the Caribbean. They're everywhere. It's it's Australia. (laughs) It's Fiji. It's Thailand. It's Mauritius. It's the U.S. It's South America. Like Actually, um, you know what? We just need to go get hired by them and we would fulfill all of these destinations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they've they've got the travel budget for for this 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 trip you've laid out for yourself. But um, and they've been doing this for a very long time. Their history goes way back. When you hear about distilleries selling bulk rum, 
a lot of times that bulk rum is going to EMA Shear. Um, yeah. Not exclusively. It's not like they're the only purchasers of bulk rum in the world, but um, and there there might be some distilleries out there who don't sell to them, but that's that's who they are. So mm-hmm. you can imagine this would be a pretty interesting place to visit. Rum from all over the world collected in these huge quantities, all sorts of kind of <laughs> artifacts of rum history. Then you've got you've got the actual you know rum blenders who are making all kinds of interesting stuff because i mean if you go to your local liquor store uh, a lot of the independent brands that you see there so brands that aren't associated with a specific distillery a lot of them are not only purchased from ena shear but a lot of them have had you know assistance in developing their blend from the the folks right. who run ena shear so also, they're, they're, I, I just saw uh, via email that they're close to opening a new office and what they're calling a rum blending experience center Ooh. as well. But yeah, I'd, I'd just love to, to be able to see behind the scenes of that whole operation. Yes. Um, you, you know, it, it would just be really interesting. I, I think something that operates at that kind of scale and just right. everything they're doing would be kind of seeing a different side of rum. Yeah, it's it's a destination that I want to visit anyway. Like I was saying, because of the the family history. But so that's yeah. that's somewhere I want I want to go someday for sure. I feel like they would eventually have like a, a rum filled swimming pool there. <laughs> Might be a little dangerous, <laughs> like, like Scrooge McDuck and Karsten swimming in it. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So like just um, doing a kind of a backstroke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I agree completely. And I, you know, honestly, I hadn't thought in those terms, which is always why it's so fun not to hear ahead of time what our picks are. Because you know, now that you mentioned that, I, I absolutely would agree that that would be a fantastic experience for any rum lover in, in a very different way and manner of connecting to rum but no less interesting and no less informative that's a really awesome idea and hopefully like you said i I don't know as much about i didn't see the email about the experience but an experience uh like that would be so awesome and a tour of how they do their things i I just i would love that so yeah it seems like they're heading in the right direction for for people like us well I think we've uh, we've created quite the the the, the bucket list rum destinations <laughs> rum for ourselves list. here. Hopefully, maybe we've inspired a few people to add to their lists. Uh, hopefully, the 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 message we got on Instagram uh, from from our friend Matt. Hopefully, that will inspire some people to to go to St. Lucia as well. That by yes. the way, that's a, another must visit at some point for me. Oh yeah, so yeah. Goes we didn't saying. include that because right, we knew yeah. that Matt's Matt's letter had covered that to begin with because absolutely St. Lucia is a destination for us for sure. Yeah. Exactly. But I'd also like like to put this out there that anyone who's listening, if you have had a great you know rum related trip whether it's to a distillery or a place or maybe even a bar or just like you know whatever um whatever it is we'd love to hear about it and maybe read some more of these experiences uh so so we can give more people ideas for for trips they should take so if you have one of those feel free to you can uh, reach out via direct message on instagram like matt did or on facebook or you can email us at host at rumcast.com that's h-o-s-t at rumcast.com we'd love to hear your your rum travel stories so hit us up with some of those and it'd be great to, to just be able to share those with people and and get more ideas for ourselves so yeah let me know where the good pool uh, rum bars are <laughs> yeah yeah if you've ever encountered a, a good pool bar um that that makes actual uh, good drinks let us know but yeah any anything else to add before we wrap up 
uh, no, I, it was a fun exercise, and we hope everybody enjoyed it as much as we did coming up with it and, and just talking through it. And we do really love to hear, and, and thank you again, Matt, for writing in. And as Will said, get, a, get in touch with us. Let us know what you want to hear, what you want to talk about, what you want us to talk about, who you want us to have on the podcast. All of those things are awesome, and we do see them, and we do engage with them. So thank you all so much, and uh, we hope that you will join us for the next episode soon. And uh, until then, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.